Elizabeth Costova, author. Uh, the Swan Thieves is her new book, and Elizabeth is uh, the acclaimed author uh, of the New York Times number one bestseller, The Historian, uh, those of us who have read that. That knocked the Da Vinci Code off the top of the charts, went on to sell uh, two million copies in hardback, and uh, Elizabeth was nominated for the Best Newcomer Award at the 2006 British Book Awards, graduated from Yale, holds an MFA and so on and so forth and these days lives in North Carolina and Elizabeth's out in Australia to uh, to support and promote her book and she's at the Perth Writers Festival and I'm not sure that she's too happy now because she's taking a call on the other side of the continent and while it's uh, just after 10.30 here in Melbourne, I think this might be an early morning call to Elizabeth. Is this a wake-up call, Elizabeth? Well, no, actually, I've been awake for a long time because for me it's yesterday. It's even more, it's even more complicated than that. <laughs> but thank you for having me in this morning. It is my pleasure, but I am conscious I've been to Western Australia. It's a lovely place, but they do have a time differential, Elizabeth. Yes, well, well, I'm getting used to that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there's, uh, well, we get your weather later. How are you enjoying, um, how are you enjoying the hospitality uh, of people over there in Perth? It's lovely. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful city. I had been to Sydney once before, and I'm looking forward to going back there on this trip. But it's great to get to see another part of the country. Are you coming to Melbourne? Yes, absolutely. Have and you been here before? No, and I'm so looking forward to that. That's a place that's been on my life list. Well, you need you need to get some people. If you want a bit of our rich, we've got a restaurant cafe culture that's par excellence. Uh, you need to get someone to take you to Ligon Street or go and see some of our beautiful gardens down by the river. There's so much. But the um, Ligon Street's uh, Little Italy. If you like Italian food, you'd love Ligon Street. That sounds great. I'm writing it down. So, so make sure your people take you there, Elizabeth. Now, we're not here to talk about the uh, culinary cultures of, uh, of, of Australia. We're here to talk about your new book, The Swan Thieves. And uh, it's a fascinating story. It says about the nature of obsession as seen from the outside. Uh, without giving too much away, Elizabeth, I'm sure you've done this before. Um, what's the book about? Well, it's, it's very much a book about painters and painting. And at the beginning of this one, Thebes, uh, a man who is really really an orderly man with his life um, all kind of worked out. He's a psychiatrist in Washington, D.C. in 1999 and an, an avid amateur painter. He receives the case of his career, Robert Oliver, a genius painter who's just mm. been arrested for trying to stab a painting in the National Gallery of Art. And The Swan Thieves is the story of how Andrew Marlowe goes about trying to figure out who this man is. Robert Oliver refuses to speak in treatment, mm. but he paints and draws the face of one woman over and over and over. And so his psychiatrist goes about interviewing some of the women he's been close to in his life and also finds himself on the trail of uh, a packet of old letters, a packet of letters mm. that have uh, encompass a story from the rise of French Impressionism. So the book takes place partly in the late 20th century in the United States in great cities and museums, and partly in France in 1870s and 80s in Paris and on the coast of Normandy, which the Impressionists painted so wonderfully. Yeah, it's interesting because I was reading some of the um, the reviews, and people say you 
you, you well you took 10 years to write this story and five years this one and um that uh, your stories have a leisurely pace but but i think it has a very sustained edge to this book um it's it's very cleverly um it's very cleverly taught in a in a well, in, in a leisurely you know, way <laughs> i'm glad you enjoyed that i i find i love the as a reader i love the combination of of the storytelling tone that says, well, let's sit down and listen. We have all the time in the world with, with a, s- a strong plot. I mean, I love that, mm. that um, being led into a mystery in a book, for example, or into a story where you want to find out what happened. And it's, I, I often think of those great 19th century writers like Dickens who could do both so well. You know, they never sacrificed literary style and quality but boy, do you want to know what happens before the, by the end of a Dickens novel? Yes, and and it's a thing which a lot of um, contemporary fiction writers, um, for perhaps commercial right reasons, fall into the trap of uh, of, of dishonouring that uh, Elizabeth. Well, I think that's true, and and perhaps some literary writers also disdain plot. I mean, I've also run into that, and I I think of course there's there's room in the world and in readership for all kinds of very different novels, but but I'm I'm always thrilled by that 19th century combination of of literary caliber and and a suspenseful story. Impressionist art, and that leads on from that. That's a fashion, well art per se, but uh, the impressionists uh, the impressionists have impressed you, Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is that? <laughs> well, I guess for a couple of reasons. Um, like one of my characters, this this um, painter psychiatrist in the Swan Thieves, Andrew Marlowe, I had the experience of finding the impressionists very interesting, but also burning out on them a little bit. You know, f- getting a little bit tired of them from overexposure, and I think that's something that happens to a lot of viewers. You know, we're so exposed to impressionist images. We we see them on note cards and tote bags and mugs and um, they've been a big sort of commodity in the last 20 years. And also there have been a lot of huge exhibitions and themed exhibitions of their work over the last 20, 30 years. And I found when I became interested in writing about them in a novel that going back to real live Impressionist paintings in museums is actually an incredible experience. When you see one in person, you realize how radical those paintings really are and how how different they were from everything that came before them, how much you see the artist's hand on the canvas, and what exciting kind of windows on nature and, and everyday life in their period they really were. And they have a feeling of... of um, well, excitement about nature, but also a feeling of intimacy that I think lends itself very well to a novel. Complexity and layers is uh, the thing that always fascinates me yes, about Impressionist exa- that's art. a great way to put it, absolutely. And and you're inspired by, um, now I might get this name wrong in my pronunciation, is it Berthe Morisot? Berthe Morisot, Berthe yeah. Morisot in she, um, yeah, she's a, she, the, the Swan Thieves is not her story no. in any way, but... But she and Mary Cassatt and some other women impressionists did inspire some of the story that's at the heart of the Swan Thieves because I was trying to write about a woman painting in that period. Yes. What interested or what intrigued me about that in reading through the notes, Elizabeth, was that uh, while you're inspired by her, you didn't actually make the story about her because 
what it says is that there was too much controversy in her life. And I thought, gee, Elizabeth Costova delves into complexity and controversy. <laughs> I would have thought this would have been right up her alley. <laughs> well, I suppose in a way, but I also felt that there's, you know, she was a real and very important figure and there's so much um, research on her already. Mm. And when you when you bind yourself to the reality of one person's biography, I, I mean, I feel very responsible for accuracy yes. in my historical research. So I wanted very much to have some of the fictional freedom of writing about an invented, wonderful woman. But I also used um, all kinds of, of sources from real painters' lives to try to get the flavor of their letters and their their ways of painting and their relationships with one another. Now, now one of the things you've described to Swan Thieves, Elizabeth, is an antidote to the darkness of your first novel, The Historian. Um, is that quite deliberate? This one's about people. Um, is that deliberate or is that just uh, the, the, the morphing of your writing? I think in all fairness, I can't really take credit for any <laughs> consciousness about that. You know, I think, I think writers do, do um, our writing does morph, as you say, and I think that it was a sort of natural movement into something. Um, it, it still deals with some very serious themes, as you know, and, and a bit mm. of a tragedy, mm. but it's, it is a, it's a hopeful book, I think. It's really a book about love and, and about how much art can do in our lives. And I, I did feel the need for that antidote after reading all the really um, pretty horrible history that went into the historian. Elizabeth, one of the things that does come up in, in that novel uh, is obsession. And a lot's been written about, uh, and by people who are probably pseudo-psychologists, uh, where's the line between the obsession in the book and uh, the ob possible obsessiveness of Elizabeth Costova? <laughs> <laughs> How do you deflect those questions, Elizabeth, without, <laughs> rather than answering them? Well, you know, I'm, I, I have to say that although I think every, every writer is obsessed in some way, I mean, you have to be pretty obsessed to, to get all the way through writing a novel. You have, to, you have to at least be obsessed with that novel, right? But um, I, I really um, have been blessed with a cheerful chemistry. And mm. when I, I'm always amused when I hear those questions. Because <laughs> I, think, I think part of the joy of being a novelist is throwing your imagination at, at very different situations or, or very different kinds of people. Um, in the same way, it's, it's, I, I like the challenge of trying to write in a male voice. I never mm. know if I quite get it right. But oh, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly be inside <laughs> the head of a man. Oh, no, I think it's very What does difficult. your husband tell you on that one? <laughs> well, you know, I have a lot of uh, male <laughs> colleagues read my, my work when I do that yes. because it makes me nervous. But, um, but, you know, I think that is part of the joy of being a fiction writer is trying mm. to imagine, well, what, what would it be like to be a painter rather than a writer and to be utterly obsessed not only with one's own painting but with the, the painting and the life of a long dead, very um, gifted and very beautiful painter from the 19th century. And that was kind of the challenge at the heart of the Swan Thieves for me. Yeah, I think sometimes, uh, Elizabeth, um, 
I, I like to write in other ways and do things mm-hmm. in different ways. But I think sometimes people might mix up the word obsession with immersion. And sometimes I think uh, what you're talking about is allowing you or enabling yourself to uh, be immersed in, in a situation or a, or a character. And that doesn't necessarily have to be obsessive, does it? Well, I think that's a, that's a beautiful word, immersion. I like oh, that. Oh, thank you. Oh, I've given you a word for your <laughs> next person. <laughs> for my interviews. You. Thank you. That'll be, that'll be good. <laughs> I'm not obsessive. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm immersed. I'm immersed. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Um, the success of the historian, Elizabeth, enabled you to devote your work time exclusively or more so to writing, yet I note that uh, I, I have this image of, of Elizabeth Costova, despite having a full-time writing focus at airports and coffee shops and goodness knows where, scribbling down notes as they come to a head. Uh, you sure you're not just immersed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it takes a lot of drive to, to, to create anything. But yes, I've been very fortunate in being able to put more time more intensive time into this novel. And um, I've also had the opportunity to start a project some of your uh, listeners might be interested in, mm-hmm. which is a, a foundation in Eastern Europe that not only helps East European writers, yes. but brings writers from the English writing world, including Australia and New Zealand, to, um, to Bulgaria for fiction seminars. And if any of your listeners would like to check those opportunities Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Our website address is www.ekf for Elizabeth Kostova Foundation yep. dot bg for Bulgaria. www.ekf.bg for Bulgaria and we will keep that here for people who ring through and want to check that out. That would be terrific. Bulgaria, the reason for that? My husband is from here. <laughs> yes, yes that's where I get my Bulgarian name. Mm-hmm. Your husband's, uh, obviously you were a writer and, and, and relationships, and you're very fascinated by relationships and people's lives. Um, your work, your husband, uh, how does he relate to all of that? Well, he's a, he's a wonderful reader, and especially with my first novel, The Historian, because it's a third of it is set in, in Bulgaria. I really needed his help and and um, also interviewed some of his fa- older family members to get the, the details and the story right. So that was very helpful. Now, Elizabeth, you're not going to get out of one part that I want here. Uh, your your novels blend uh, historical fact, travelogue, and, and, and fantasy and suspense and a whole lot of things, fiction. Uh, but the travelogue part, you like travelling. A lot of Australians wouldn't know that much about Bulgaria, in a couple of sentences, uh, the things that impress you most? Well, Bulgaria, like a lot of East European countries, is a very warm culture. It's, it's a culture that loves people, loves social life, loves children. And it's also a culture with a very rich literary history, although it's, mm. a, it's a tiny language. About 14 million people tops speak and write Bulgarian. But it's a culture that loves poetry. If you if you go into some of the parks, you always see statues of poets <laughs> as well as politicians, <laughs> which I, it always strikes me as such a lovely thing. It's a country that has struggled a lot since, um, well, first, of course, under communism, yep. and then since 1989 with the very rocky transition to... Um, to a market economy. It's, mm. it's been very hard hit, like a lot of East European countries. Now, now the historian, it was such a, such a great success, Elizabeth, and, and, and there's no surprise in that. A lot of people 
struggle with the next novel. Um, that obviously hasn't been an issue with you judging by the Swan Thieves, but, but did you have those moments where you'd set the bar high early and uh, how do I do it again? Well, I, I probably should have worried about it more, but I, <laughs> to be honest, I, I Maybe it's well that you didn't. <laughs> I think it probably is well that I didn't. And to be honest, I didn't write the, the historian with any expectation that it would necessarily even be published, let alone become a, best, a literary bestseller. And so I was, I was very surprised by that event, stunned, in fact. And when I went to write my second novel, I realized that writing is is really just a habit for me. I've, I was mm. writing for 20 years before I published my first novel. So I would have gone on to write another novel anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Someone will one day write about that, Elizabeth, just like you've done with the Impressionist artists. Uh, she wrote a book and didn't have an expectation of it being published and uh, then wrote another one. Time's on the wing. One last one. You've, you've got teaching in your background and you have this love of teaching and you said that you will return to it. It keeps you writing alive. Can you explain that for me? Well, I think when you when you have to sit in a workshop or a classroom and articulate or, or help other writers articulate what it is they want to do with the story, it makes you think about your own work in a fresh way often. Um, it, it also is an opportunity, of course, for a more established writer to mm. encourage emerging writers or younger writers. And, and that's a really a joy when you when you meet someone who's serious about their work and just starting out and needs that needs that um, feeling, oh, somebody is listening, somebody cares about this. And I had instructors like that, and I'm still very grateful to them. So I like, I love being in the, in the position of trying to, to repeat that for other people. And of course, teaching, as anyone who does it knows, can be grueling and thankless as mm, well. It's very absolutely. hard work, and it's not always rewarding, yeah. but it is something I love. Now, in closing, Elizabeth, I'm going to give you the chance to escape with a very short answer to what is, to me, the most important question I've got on this list about for you. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself from your writing? And you can escape with a short answer. Well, I think I've learned about myself that the mind is full of infinite possibilities, everybody's mind, and that's very exciting. That is so true. That is so absolutely true. Elizabeth, can I thank you so much for taking time out so early in uh, the day for you? Um